Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. For our text today, we are turning to uh, the second reading offered um, for Palm Sunday from the lectionary, which in general comes from the New Testament, um, outside of the gospel. Today, in the Liturgy of the Passion, there's actually two two sets of readings, um, one called the Liturgy of the Palms and one called Liturgy of the Passion. It takes us to Philippians chapter 2 today. So I invite you to point your devices or open, open your Bibles if you have them this morning to, to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians is a very pastoral letter from Paul to the church at Philippi. He's caring and compassionate. It's clear how much he loves and appreciates and is close to these people and wants what's best for them. But in chapter 2, he breaks into this hymn there's these lyrical lines about Jesus Christ, and that's where we pick up, starting in verse 5. So I'm going to invite you, as you're able and willing, to stand out of reverence for the reading of God's Word as we read from Philippians chapter 2, um, starting in verse 5 and reading through verse 11 today. Today I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth and under the earth might bow and, conf- and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God, we say. Thanks be to God. Please have a seat. This is an iconic day in the church world. Uh, it's, it's iconic for, for many reasons, okay? For, for the palms, for the celebration, for the crowning of Christ as Savior. Uh, it, it's, it's the one moment where, where perhaps the people who lived with Jesus got it right and understood, at least acted like they understood who Christ was and the significance of his incarnation, his coming to Christ, or coming to earth to be our Savior. Uh, it's iconic for what it starts. It starts Holy Week. It's iconic that we get to sing these triumphal songs. We get to sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, praise be to God. Praise be to the one who comes on this day. If you've worshipped Jesus a long time, you, you might have some memories of this Sunday, Palm Sunday. Um, and as we had read earlier in the service, this is the day Jesus rides into Jerusalem. 
He's crowned as king and savior and Messiah. This is the culmination of, of, of where the texts have been leading us, uh, even through uh, this season of Lent, right? God has been our provider. God, who has reached out in covenant to man, reached out and said, this is how I will provide for you. This is what I will do for you. This is how we're going to establish our relationship between humanity and God. We have the covenant with Noah, where God hangs the bow in the sky and says, no longer will I, will I treat your disobedience in this way. No longer will I wipe out humanity from the face of the earth. We have the covenant with Abraham, who will be father of many nations, the, a covenant that was made when he was well advanced in years. And when he had no offspring, and God said, you will be the father of many nations. We have Moses and the Ten Commandments. We have the, the passage in Numbers where, where the people of Israel were saved from the serpents in the desert. And we have Jeremiah where God this, this declares to the, the Israelite people, one day my law will be written upon your hearts. And now God arrives. And now God comes to the people of Israel in the form of Jesus Christ. He arrives as Christ and Messiah to receive what is due and to restore Israel. God has arrived incarnate. This is the progression of the story that God provides for his people. The time is ours, the nation of Israel says. We will win the day. Hooray. But as we look closely at the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem... We notice more than a few, a few things that, that contradict what was expected. Uh, this, this year, uh, in, in the church year, we're in the, the year B of the lectionary cycle, which points us to look uh, our, uh, in our gospel text to the gospel of Matthew, or sorry, the gospel of Mark. Um, and what do we see? We see Jesus riding on a colt, this image of peace. Now, conquering heroes, when they would ride into the towns, would, would ride regal horses, grand steeds that would show their power and show their strength, show their might. <laughs> Jesus borrows a colt. <laughs> this, this is not impressive entrance. This is not a, a showing of, of his might and his grandeur a borrowed animal, a young colt, an image of peace. But the crowds were not deterred. They were not, uh, they were not disappointed by, by that image. Instead, they, they, it says they, they pulled branches off the trees. They laid down their cloaks. They lined this procession. They lined the road of this procession so that Jesus could enter. This was the moment that they had weighed, waited for. This was the culmination of, of the progression of God's provision for his people. And there was this swell of energy. There was this excitement in the air. And what does Jesus do? It says he goes to the temple. He kind of looks around. And then he goes back to Bethany. <laughs> like anticlimactic to the to the max. It was this moment where there was all this energy and all this passion. And Jesus doesn't go 
up to the palace. Doesn't go knock on Herod's door and say, okay, buddy, your time's up. I, I'm, I'm here to serve eviction notice. You're leaving town. But he goes to the temple and kind of takes it in and then leaves town. The lectionary partners this event, which is, is just truly this iconic moment, this, this moment in the church year where we need to pause and we need to remember, we need to stand up with the people of Jerusalem and, and wave branches and celebrate. I hope we celebrate today Jesus is Christ and Lord and Messiah. But they partner this with this text that I just read from, from Philippians. In the, in the letter to the Christians at Philippi, we find this, this Christic hymn, this hymn about Christ where Paul underscores much of what Jesus does as he comes to this moment in time. As he comes to Passion Week, this hymn describes perfectly what Christ has done. The, the most familiar part of the passage that, that we read uh, really is the end. At the, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you heard that before? Expressions of praise. One of the commentators I read on, on this passage points out that the people who lined the streets that day in Jerusalem really got it right. They lauded Christ with praise. They got the outcome right. But their agenda, <laughs> their means, their, their, their goal, the intended goal of Jesus' presence was misguided. For Christ was to be their hero. Christ was to, to gather their hopes and their dreams to restore Israel to the good old days. Let's make Israel what it once was under the reign of David. That was the good old days for the people of Israel. Let's return to the days when David was our king and we had, we had uh, a place that was our own, that we had power and prestige. We were recognized as a nation. Truly, there were literally centuries of, of waiting and build-up to this moment. I think the people were kind of ready to be out from under the thumb, out from under the thumb of oppression, out from under the thumb of the Romans being there and telling them what they could and could not do and holding it over their people. They had felt oppressed and felt put off for too long, and they were ready to, to flex their freedoms and spread their wings a bit. And here was their hero. Here was the one whom they thought might be the one to finally help them break free. But Paul says that's not what Jesus was about. Paul says this isn't, this isn't how Jesus was to operate in the world in which he lived. His entry into to Jerusalem was, was consistent with the rest of his life as he came on a cult, as he came upon an image of peace. The text says this, equality, was, equality with God was not something he was going to use to it as his advantage. Paul says, 
He made himself nothing. Paul says he took on the very nature of a servant. Paul says he was made in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to the Father even to the point of death itself, death on a cross. The truth of the matter is that the, the triumphal entry had a, had a bunch of Israel's people hoping that this would be the spark, this would be the moment, the thing that ignited a series of changes for the nation of Israel. And the energy was there. Jesus had the energy. The people were ready for rebellion, ready to follow a leader who would, who would step up and take the lead and, and lead the charge. But the amazing and the beautiful thing about this moment, about Jesus in this moment, is that he continued to be who he had been during his whole ministry. That there wasn't this, this change, that all this, this praise and, and the palm branches and the cloaks on the ground and the energy in the air did not change for Jesus Christ who he was. It didn't go to his head. I, 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 think that, I, think, I think that maybe this was one of the most tempting moments in Jesus' life. Uh, the one early in his ministry gets all the credit, <laughs> gets all the, the glory. It's labeled temptation in the Bible and, and 40 days of fasting where, where Satan tempted Jesus and offered these things in exchange for Jesus making concessions. But think about the temptation of this moment. Just think what all these people could do, what could be accomplished. What if all this energy could be corralled and harnessed and used? I think that about toddlers sometimes too. <laughs> Maybe we could make this big difference. But that would be a betrayal of all that Jesus had come to do and all that Jesus was, who he was at his very core. Jesus wasn't the one to lead with power, but to lead with love and with care and concern for those around him. One of the things that, that I learned and was reminded of this week as I studied uh, this passage was that this, this letter, this, this hymn that Paul had written to the church in Philippi was written as a focused message to a community of people. It, it was written to a church. It was obviously a letter that had been written to the church in Philippi. This should be obvious, but I think I needed the reminder. Uh, look even at, at the first four verses of, of Philippians chapter 2 as, as, it, as context for this verses. It says, um, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, by, by having the same love, by being united, and by agreeing with each other. <laughs> if it was written to one person, these, these verses don't really make a whole lot of sense, right? Uh, be like-minded, have the same love. This is not an instruction to one person. <laughs> one person doesn't usually have to, to be reminded to be like-minded. 
Sometimes, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. But this is communal instruction. This is Paul writing to a group of people, a community of faith. And this instruction is for the church, not just for individual people within the church. And I think it's a, it's a reminder that the church can have today for us. We get this idea that, that we speak to God, we need as much influence as we can, we're going to, to win back the world by having the best programs or by speaking the, the slickest messages, by doing all the right things. Sometimes the church gets caught up in, in this idea that influencing public policy and getting the right people elected and into the right positions has this outcome that's what God has called us to. And that wasn't what Paul is saying in this message at all. Paul wasn't advocating that in Philippi at all. As a church, he was calling them back to the way of Christ, who, even though he was God, didn't think that's how he ought to act. Instead, the church, the plural you, the us that we are together, was called to do what? To humble ourselves. To become even more obedient. To live out the gospel in our community and in our world for the sake and cause of Jesus Christ, who was our model and who is our Lord. There's one commentator I, I read, Martha Morkeish, she writes about how for, for the marginalized in society, the, the ones who have no voice, this text about emptying oneself as, as Christ did sometimes can, be, can, can play tricks in their mind. Like as, as they're oppressed and as they are, are even further marginalized, then they can use these words to say, well, maybe it's okay. <laughs> maybe it's all right. That when, when applied improperly and out of balance, this text can run the risk of, of piling on, allowing those abuses and that mistreatment to be justified and say, mm, maybe this is okay. Maybe this is what I'm called to. We can't allow this text to take that. We can't allow this text to be used in that way, for this is the creator of the world. John 1, the one who said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning at the creation of the world. This is the one who laid down his rights. This is the one who humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death. We must keep in plain view the humanity of our neighbors and even ourselves. This is not a call to self-neglect. This is not a call to self-abasement or, or, or to allowing yourself to be walked all over. And yet it is a call to lay down our privileged positions and to step into that which Christ has called us 
And the image that we get is not one of Christ behind us saying, go there, go there, do this, do that. Go, pushing us forward. The image we get is Christ already there, saying, come and join me. Come join the mission of God with me where I am at. Christ lived that way in front of us and invited us into that space. Come and look. Come and see. Come and live like me. We are invited today onto the streets of Jerusalem, not to join the throngs of Messiah expectant followers in their hopes to to change the world and liberate a nation. Instead, we're called to join in the praise of Christ with a full understanding of what he is calling us into. Not power and control, not influence and notoriety, not fame and position and prestige. For we worship Christ, the one who laid down all of that and came to serve and came to love and came to care for those around him. The one who calls us to this subversive life of obedience. Even on a week like this one, even on a week that leads us toward the cross. Let me invite the praise team to come up today. Today as a, as a symbol of accepting that call, as a, as a symbol of accepting the call that Christ has pr- placed upon our lives, we're going to share in the sacrament of communion this morning as we remember this Passover meal that was served during Jesus' Passion Week, I just want to invite you. I want to invite you to reflect upon the type of, of living that Jesus invites us into through this passage this morning. As we worship him today, as we understand that word of our, uh, the word of, of that passage that we read today, ring true Jesus' name is above all names and that at his name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, the one who we praise and celebrate today with branches by laying down our cloaks, he is our Lord and he is our Savior. We wave our palms and raise our voices Jesus rode into Jerusalem, lauded and celebrated, and a few days later, he would gather with his disciples in what was called an upper room to celebrate the Passover meal. During that meal, he would take bread, and he would break it, and he would offer it to them after giving thanks, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. I invite you to take the bread this time. And remember. Likewise, after the meal, he took the cup and he gave thanks and blessed it. And he, and he offered it to them and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant cup of my blood, which is poured out for you this day. As often as you do this, remember me. I invite you to take the cup and drink and remember.
today, may we embody all that Christ calls us to, to humble ourselves and lay down our lives in obedience to God the Father. Would you pray with me as we conclude this morning? Heavenly Father, we worship you this day. And we invite you into the places of our, our being, the places of our hearts to, to create in us something new this season. We continue on this journey of Lent as we travel through what's called Holy Week. Would you remind us what you call us to? Would you be with us? Would you walk alongside of us, we pray? And make us more and more like you each day. We thank you for this time of worship and the chance to gather in your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today, as you're willing and able, I invite you to stand and extend your hands to receive uh, this morning's benediction. Lord, you call us as a church to embrace the emptying of ourselves as you did while you were here on earth. May we as a community live into this call to love and to serve our community and our world, we pray. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.